you kill her, you do this. If you get nothing. Are you listening to me? The only way you're gonna get what you want is for you to. You think I'm playing? You don't think I'll do it? Where is it? Where the hell is it? Look at me. Where the hell is it? Look at me. Stay with me. Savage! Savage! I'm gonna kill you. I swear to God, I'm gonna kill you. Eight! Don't do this. Just let her go. No. Ten. Hey everyone, we're back. We're back with the Mission Impossible franchise. Today we're tackling Mission Impossible 3. This will be the last one that does not have a title coming after it. Um, this is the last one until the series kind of combines everything that worked for the first three and goes more of a stable set of stories intertwined stories and they kind of bleed up they kind of bleed together starting with ghost protocol rogue nation fallout now obviously the new one dead reckoning part one those kind of all play together um so this is kind of like the last separate one besides uh, a couple little sub stories here and there uh this is another director on board like they did with the other two this is jj abrams uh, i like jj abrams he has a tendency to leave his projects a little too soon. He did it with Star Trek, and he certainly did it with Star Wars. Um, I think he gets bored too quick. Maybe it's an ego thing. I don't know. I have issues uh, with his directing generally, but we'll get to it. Um, I like his style. Um, I, my favorite is probably Super 8. I do like his, the, the one thing he does. I think it's called Lens Flare. Yes, where the lighting reflects from the, the camera or something from one of this, some of the lights was. You get it in all those films. Yeah, I, I you pull it back in Star Wars because that was one of the complaints. I actually really enjoy it. I I kind of like that. It kind of puts you in the seat of or the set of where you're at, and I, I kind of enjoy it. A lot of people don't. That's fair enough. Uh, to each their own. But I like the fact that he was he was 25 when he was discovered, and he had three scripts already sold. You know, which is pretty impressive regarding Henry the Harrison Ford, which I really enjoyed. More dramas, Forever Young with Mel Gibson, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, he started out very young and uh, worked his way up. And, you know, he, I guess his first big hit was Alias. Yeah. Um, the TV show he did. And then he did a, another one, more of a drama. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. But they're in. Didn't there he is. do Lost as well? Yeah, he did Lost, and he's he's in this one in this particular one with he's the screenwriters are Alex Kurtzman and Roberto or Orky or C or something like that. Yeah, they're the guys who wrote the Star Trek films for him. So yeah, he, 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 he he's loyal to the guys he works with, and uh, they became showrunners on Star Trek up until very recently, I believe. Yeah, the still, very hit, Kurtzman the, still is on Star Trek, I think. 
Yeah, they're very hit or miss mm-hmm. with me. Now, I'm not um, talking about that. I'm talking about the Star Trek series. Um, yes, that's what they're known for, the, the Star Trek stuff. Yeah, the Trekkies, not the actual film. Well, I mean, they did the, 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 the sort of well, Kelvin the timeline films. films. They, yeah, they did the, they did the yeah. J.J. Abrams yeah. uh, Kelvin timeline ones. as it's known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's I think? I, th- I like them. I like the Star Trek movies. The first one, I like the first one, the two thousand and nine one. Uh, I like them all. I like the uh, Khan one that was underrated with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, no, well, I have issues with that, but that's a separate podcast. Yeah, that's a different one. All right, um, we're gonna jump into this one. Uh, we got the same players: Tom Cruise, Ving Rhames. Um, carry over from the last two. We got Simon Pegg as Benji, who's now going to be a regular. In the franchise, Michelle Monaghan, she kind of will be a regular in the franchise, but we'll get to it when we get to those movies. Uh, love seeing them. Lawrence Fishburne. Brilliant. Billy Kudrup, I like him as Musgrave. Philip Seymour Hoffman, very underused in this. Um, was originally supposed to be Kenneth Branagh. Yes, that's right. I, yeah. I, I would like to have seen that. I'd like to see him play a baddie. Carrie Russell, Maggie Q, who I love. John Fries Myers and Eddie Marsden. Mm-hmm. Daddy Newton was going to come back, uh, but she turned it down. Good honor because I think maybe she realized the second one was shit. <laughs> and also, and her character was, God, you're so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fuck, don't come back. So she didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we are. Now, the opening scenes always kind of work for Mission Impossible, they're always kind of fun. Um, that's their always big one. And this one's not fun. This one is downright. Intense. Yes. And uh, they nail out of the park in this opening sequence when we see Ethan seeing his girlfriend, Michelle Bonhan, being beaten. And now at gunpoint, he's going to kill her if he doesn't tell him where the rabbit's foot is. And this whole interrogation sequence, Tom Cruise is crying. He sells it. His emotions in this. here by um, Cruise and Philip Seymour Hoffman is top notch. Yeah, it, 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 when he shoots her in the leg, and he can see him trying to get out of the, get out of the, you know, the, the binds, and he's, it is fucking intense. I'm pleading with him, and he's, he's trying everything, uh, pleading to his better nature, just begging him. It's, it's very intense, very, it, 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 I mean, we'll find out later that it is a cheat, but, uh, for all intents and purposes, it is a very powerful opening. Yeah, I don't think it's a cheat. I don't think that's fair to say it. It's a it's a misdirect, but it fucking works, um, like they did with part two, and it just does. And then he, he pulls the trigger, and Seymour Hoffman is, is 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 emotionless in this. It's brilliant. He's so creepy. I, I love his um the, the monotone voice he uses in it. Yeah, because he's, he's just so he's a sociopath. You know what I mean? It's just um it's like yeah it's it's, it's just so casually. You know, sort of, you know, yeah. Where's the rabbit's foot? Where's the rabbit's foot? Or I'll kill and, her on the count of ten. You know, and that's and that's the movie's downfall. One of the downfalls is because this he steals this scene. He, they're both very good in it, but he is memor- mesmerizing in it. Like Hannibal Lecter, watching Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, or Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter. They 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 bring in and with just a couple of words, 
Yeah. And the problem with that is that we don't see enough of them in this film. I, I, I would argue that the, the, I would be on the side of some of the best villains are the ones that we don't, you know, they're used sparingly because then when you do see them, they're so memorable. Again, um, with Anthony Hopkins in The Silence of the Lambs or even Brian Cox in Manhunter, um, you don't see, I don't think you see that much of Darth Vader in the, the first Star Wars. So I think the, the best villains are definitely used sparingly. Um, and this is the case here. In fact, I would say Philip Seymour Hoffman is the best thing about this film. I would say Tom Cruise is the best thing because I think he Cruise ups his game. Cruise is very impressive. I think he ups his game here from his acting. We talked about how part two, he was showboating. And there's an eagle there, the long yes. hair and the slow shots and all. Um, where this one, he's more grounded. Mm-hmm. And this is where he's now done Magnolia. He's done um, Minority he's Report. He's a serious actor. He's done, uh, I think last, no, last time I wasn't out yet. But he was doing serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is the first one we get where he's taken this role to what he has learned in the recent past couple films. Yes, I agree. And, that, they, and, that the lessons have been learned from, especially the second one. Yep. And so it's definitely because when you watch, the, we wait for the opening credits to come, you know, and it didn't, didn't, didn't. But when you do it, when you blow somebody's head off, you don't see it right away because we don't know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And then Mission Impossible credits kick in. And you're going through it, and you're like, "Damn, we just see that." Yeah. So people aren't like, you know, singing along, you know, didn't, you know, tapping their feet to the music anymore. They're like, still looking at the screen, going, "What the fuck just happened?" It rings in nice. straight away. Yeah, we talked about this with Uncharted, and quite a few films do it now, where they bring the audience in in the last scene of the film, mm-hmm. but they bring it in the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. and now the, the whole film we're trying to we're trying to find out how they got to see. By having to watch A to B to B to C, and also with um, similar to the Indiana Jones films, it's um, you're getting thrown straight into the actions from the off. Exactly, yeah. and uh, then we cut to he's engaged. <laughs> yeah, this this is when it starts to piss me off. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mind this. I'm okay with this. This is um, it's much better love story than the shit we got in the first second one. I'll give you um, that. Yeah. It gives him a little more. We get to know Ethan Hunt, um, a little, uh, you know, uh, family man kind of Ethan Hunt. He wants rather. to be a family man, yeah. Yeah, and I do like you just kind of meeting her and you're, you're socializing. He has a boring job as all CIA agents do. Yeah. Um, yada yada yada, and then he goes to get the instant camera, and we meet Musgrave. I I yeah. would say that. Um, her character's pretty annoying. Um, Michelle Monaghan's. Why? What's what's wrong with her? Just a bit too smug and sort of perfect and nicey. Not quite as bad as Stanley Newton um, in the second one. But, um, yeah, it's just a, a, a little annoying. Um, yeah. Um, and, her, and her and Cruise together are a bit sort of smug and annoying. He hasn't quite left that from the the second one, but um, you know, uh, it's certainly it's not, it's not as bad as the second one. But I mean, it's not nothing majorly bad or annoying. Um, to to be honest, all right, that's fair enough. Yeah. He's um retired now. Yeah, and Musgrave asks him at the Seven Eleven where he is getting our ice. Take the instant camera. You know, if you choose to accept this mission. Yes. Um, and it's about his old trainee has yes. been kidnapped by. The man himself. Mm-hmm. Da- da- Davian? Damien, yes. Mm-hmm. Not Damien. Davian. Davian. Right. Oh, Davian? Right. I thought it was Damien. It's Owen Davian. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. 
Come on, man. I thought it was Owen Damien. Davian. Right, well, there you go. Go, I I stand corrected. God. God. (laughs) He's embarrassing us. The bullshit. What about that last podcast with um, to live and die in L.A. where there was all sorts of names getting wrong? Yeah, that, that was. Yeah, we. I, I, first of all, I want to apologize for that podcast. We were fucking all over. I listened to that again, and we always do a podcast. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Oh fuck! It was a muddled mess, and I, I take full accountability responsibility for that. No, I, I also um, take accountability for. I don't call it the main villain Max whenever his name is Masters. <laughs> I don't edit podcasts a lot. We just go with the club. That's why we want to do it. You know, this is if you, I fuck up all the time, and we'll just keep it in and have a good laugh. But we did a lot of editing because we were all missed all over the place. Chopping. It was erratic. It was erratic, and uh, uh, but if we got a point across. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you got yeah. you got the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could have been better. Um, well, that's Trevor said. We'll blame him. Way to go, <laughs> Trevor, you fucking asshole. <laughs> You're sacked. You're sacked. Um, no, you got to sit through Barbie before you get sacked. <laughs> that's my punishment. <laughs> now, this is where JJ shines and it's action. Now, what the new Mission Impossibles would do forward after this is they'll slow down... No, I can't say slow down the action. Well, like our last podcast, the, the action is fucking incredible, but it's not erratic. It's not all over the place. Where this one can be. J.J. Abrams is very... He loves his quick-moving cameras. Very very Michael Bay style. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in a Mission Impossible film... Uh... We need more substance. Yes. But I'll have to say... For a faction film, this rescue scene is top notch. Very fun, um, but the Mission Impossible are are clever than this. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm no, saying. no, I totally agree. I'm, I'm the Palma nailed it in the first one. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm looking for a Mission Impossible action. I'm not looking for the Rock action. Yeah, and that's a problem I have with Abrams in general. A lot of it is flashy action. Uh, but if you examine it closely, there's no real substance, and also there's a lot of bullshit. I don't. I wouldn't say substance on this scene. I do think this action scene's fucking pretty intense. The, and pretty I'm fun. not talking and, about this. This I'm talking about overall. Oh this, yeah, this is, yes. This is quite well done, to be fair. No, it is well done. But again, it's not a Mission Impossible well done. Mm-hmm. I know. I know what I'm saying makes sense in my head. No, no, I, I know what you're saying too, and I agree with you. When yeah. you see what we're about to see in Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout, and the, what you're about to see is game-changing stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, in cinema, it's game-changing. Mm-hmm. This is fun, ni- late 90s, early 2000s, Michael Bay, fun bu- popcorn. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, I don't want that in a Mission Impossible film. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it was... It is a very, very fun sequence, and with, I already said my opinion on it, but it, it's well-directed, well-shot, incredibly well-paced, um, and not to mention a wonderful ending to a disturbing ending. Um, so when they do this big escape, and they have all these cool little... Fight uh, sequences and shoot-ups and yeah, stuff. They have, yeah, they have the fight sequences. The one thing... Besides the masks, I 
you don't see a lot of James Bond stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, gadgets. Yes. Well, this whole scene was plagued with them. Oh, yeah. And I, 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 I never saw that in Mission Impossible. I see yeah. little things they have, but this seemed like very James Bond. This would be a James Bond escape. Well, like well there's a the lot 90s. of sort of James Bond-esque tropes throughout. I mean, even the Simon Pegg character is basically um, Q, you know, type thing. Yeah, yeah, he's Q, but not... Although Ving te- is te- technically a bit of a Ving- Q as well. The, yeah, Q is mixed up with... Um, you've got Ving Rhames would be, he'll get you anything you need guy. Yeah. And then you've got Ving Rhames, who's the IT guy. The, the hacker, uh, yeah. The hacker. So you, you'll have all these different traits that make up a bunch of different cues. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was almost but, like the, but, the, the made a decision in this one to sort of bring um, Ving Rhames more to the forefront and have him involved more and then get leave the sort of cue stuff to Simon Pegg, who's more of a sort of nerdy, quirky American. American American films seem to love the sort of quirky British comedians. We've talked about this before. But yeah, so that's where Simon Pegg comes in here. Well, yeah, Simon Pegg was... But he was also a get because of Son Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. was still fresh in people's minds, and and they needed that fish out of water kind of character who's not used to all this, mm-hmm. um, which you will get with Mission Impossible, um, and especially with Ghost Bros Ghost Protocol. Yeah, he's not used to this, and it's great. It's a great character because you. You grow with him as the series goes. That's why I'm I'm glad they keep the characters pretty much the top three. Luther, Ethan, and Benji are all in the rest of these. And okay. I, I, to to be honest, I have always had a lot of time for Simon Pegg. Uh, you know what I mean? He's pretty legable. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that and you, but you, we meet Benji for the first time here, and then we kind of we grow with him. Yes, as the series progresses. Yes, so it's a character. Kind of like his Sala, you know, yeah. from the Raiders franchise. You like to see him. He's the sidekick, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's nice. It, so you you kind of know their journey. Yes. Um, so, but anyways, yeah, this whole escape sequence is really wonderfully shot, wonderfully done. Don't get me wrong; it's fast paced, and to end it with this little brain brain bomb he puts into her skull, and he's trying to. He's trying. He's gonna. He's got to. Uh, what do you call it? Resuscitate her. Use it. Yeah. No. Use a defibrillator. Yes. To shock her. To you know. To uh, Res- you know. To resuscitate uh, her back to life. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's not gonna kill her. He's just gonna defibrillate her mm-hmm. in the in the head. Right. To, to get rid to of shock. the right, to kill the bomb thing that's in her head. Yeah. Yes. And so. It's a just an intense scene because at the same time you have Declan John Reese Myers is the pilot and he's flying through all these. I like his character. Know, he's being chased. Yeah. Oh, he's Irish. Yeah. Oh no, he's Scottish. No, he's not. He's, he's Irish. He is Irish. John Reese Myers. He's from okay. Dublin. Sure, he's got an. Kieran, he's got an Irish accent. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh, we're lost. We were losing some followers there. Yeah. Um, but as he as he's flying, you have Lindsay, who he's trying to. Uh, get rid of this bomb in her head, mm-hmm. and the defibrillator takes thirty seconds. So we're waiting for thirty seconds. He's flying the helicopter. He's being chased by another helicopter. He's got fifteen seconds, and the last thing she says to him goes, "Ethan, thank you," and then, boom. There's her a really right uh, eye, just like I was just going to say. The, the, crystallizes the of her dead body is really well done. Yeah, because she just freezes. Yeah, 
Yeah. And there, you see her eye crystallize. Yeah. It, it's really well done. So the film, despite the action not being Mission Impossible action, it works because you just gave this whole opening scene where, where your fiance is being interrogated. Then you give us uh, an introduction, which you had to have a little downtime. That's fine. Then you give us this scene. So far, you've got me on board. And as far as two went, this blows two already out of the water. Yeah, and it really does raise the stakes. And it also um, tells us that um, the one safe, well, obviously Tom Cruise is, but um, but anyone around him is not safe. Now, this one, we've got Fishburne. He's playing pretty much the Kittricks. Yes. The Anthony Hopkins character, the man in charge um, in this one. And next one, we'll have Alec Baldwin for a couple of them. Uh-huh. So I, I just never understood the disloyalty to his his bosses. They keep changing. Fishburne, I like. I he, he plays cool and calm and angry well. He plays a, a, a basically um, copy and paste character in the Hannibal um, TV series. Um, he plays Jack Crawford um, in, in the TV series, and it's basically a complete copy and paste of this character. Uh, but Fishburne totally sells it 100%. He just has that presence and that voice, you know, where and he has those quirky things, you know. And I like my sleep, you know, eating chocolate makes you fat, but you know what? He's just, yeah, um, it's Fishburne basically, and he's really good in it. Yeah, he is. I mean, he pretty much tells him. Yeah. This mission was a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, all we have is a, a dead spy. You have no hostages. All the laptops have been destroyed. Um, his name is Theodore Brassel. Yeah, Brassel's name. Yep. And he just tells him. And he's the funny thing is, it, I was rooting for Ethan because you want her to live. You, you don't want her to get it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Because what do we gain from this? Yep. He made the point where yes, you have to. We have to protect our spies. I understand that. But at the end of the day, that's their job. If they get caught, they're fucked. Yep. So you went in there as a rescue mission, but you didn't get any of the intel. Yeah. So what was the point? Some of, some of Fishburne's dialogue is great. Um, yeah, so he, he, he sells throws. it really well. He, yeah. And he should be Did a dick. Did you just throw a title at me? You know, and stuff like <laughs> that. And he should be a dick. Yeah. But you kind of, you get what he's saying. Well, if this he, was he is a bit of a dick, but, but yeah, but uh, he uh, has to be. Yeah, that's his job, um, to be a dick. Yep. And um, but later on, you find well, uh, by, by the end, you find out that he's not really a dick. You know. Um. Yeah. Well, we find out we got fucked when we when we wrote from Musgrave. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the dick. He's the real dick. Yeah. Did you figure it out? No, I didn't. Although, well, I well, I think I might have had a niggling suspicion. Because it's Mission Impossible, and basically you don't know who you can trust, you know. But uh, I, with the, that sort of twist later on, I thought it could have been a bigger reveal. But um, you know, it's Mission Impossible. Everybody, you know, double agents and all this sort of thing. You know, um, anything is possible. But but it's generally quite good. So after he gets in trouble and all, Ethan gets a postcard from Lindsay. Yes. And the postcard's a clue. Mm-hmm. I never got the clue. It was a stamp, but there was a little thing in the stamp. Yeah. It, it, and it was Benji, the, this is where it would be Benji. Yes, Benji has yes. to find out what was on that stamp. Yes. Is that correct? No, it's what's on the chip in the stamp. The, the yeah, so, yeah, so there's a little chip. It's a little stamp. microchip, and it's details of um, 
basically no it, it's it's going to take him a while to work it out but it's basically saying that um what do you call it that the face burn she was basically saying that face burns character ethan's boss was um uh, basically uh, in with and working with um owen davian Okay, yeah, and this was. But they she's find not out. right. She, she's incorrect, actually, as we later on find out. But they do find out that it's all about the rabbit's foot. Yes, but yes, the rabbit's foot thing as well. But also that um, we'll, we'll find out later on as well during you know the bridge sequence that she believed that um, the Faceburn character, the boss character, um, was of IMF was basically in with um, Damien. But it's not true. Who? If that makes sense. Who was in with the with with Damien? She she believed Lindsay believed. We'll find that Theodore Russell. No, she, Lindsay believed that um, the Lawrence Fishburne character was yeah Russell yeah yeah was basically a double agent and working for um, oh, Damien. She just got it wrong. She got it. Yeah. But she was wrong. Yes. It's actually the Billy Crudup character. Yeah, she, she was right that there was a mole. Um, or like a sort of a, a rogue agent um, in IMF working for the bad guys, but you just yeah. got who it was r- wrong. And that was a good way to misdirect the audience too. Yes. Because now we don't like him now. Oh, he's yes. an asshole now. So now we don't see anything in Musgrave. Yes. Because if we have a spy who said Mus- that Brassel is the bad guy, yes. then Musgrave is a good guy. Yes, So that's exactly. why it's a nice misdirect yeah. to yeah, so the we final kind of know who to root yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the next twenty minutes, I know you're gonna hate it, uh, but it's three hundred times better than the Thaddy Newton shit that we had in part two. <laughs> but it gets a little long, yeah. and I will say this: when Ghost Protocol kicks in, in number four, this whole romance stuff is gone. Good, there's no more of it. There, there, it's there, but it's played, it's, it's played yeah behind the doors. Good, you don't really see it. It is all about. The breaking in, the spies, the masks, yeah. the Mister X. That's what they, they. I think I'm actually going to state this now. I think the Mission Impossible is the only franchise, even over my indies, even over my screams, that gets it right every movie. They fix and tweak everything, and the franchise just gets better and better. That's probably down to Cruise. And it's probably done about Cruz, and he brings in Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote *Usual Suspects*, mm-hmm. to end up directing and writing the rest. He ends up bringing in, uh, you know, he he they finally find their niche and what works. Yeah, learning by and their mistakes in the previous ones. Exactly. Yeah. Now this one's not mistake riddled. This is actually a very good film, um, but it's a stepping stone to what we're about to get. I would say that these scenes with. Um you know the wife and stuff where they get married and stuff and um why they don't really belong in um a mission impossible film for me anyway um uh, as you just stated there's no it's nowhere near as bad as um what we got with all this nonsense in the the second one um but I, I don't, it's not too bad but it also sets up the what the audience at this point believe will lead up to her death at the hands yeah. that we've already seen sort of as a flashback at the start the problem is we can't be spoiled. And what I mean by that, you and I might not really like this lovey-dovey crap. Yeah. But we have to have it because that opening scene is brilliant. Yes, we do have, order, to have it. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we want that opening scene and we do want to keep it and we do want it, we yeah. have to have this. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also, it's 
as we've just stated, um, it's played down more than what got with Sandy Newton in the second one. Exactly. I love you. Let me touch your face. God, God you're so beautiful. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> pass a sick bag, please. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, now they break into the Vatican, which is impossible, but fuck, they make it, they sell it, don't they? I really like it's, this scene. I, I've yeah. actually visited the Vatican, um, so I have, and it was just great seeing you know, from a personal wow, point of view. Wow, you did a burst into flames? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sadly, I didn't do all this t- sort of shit, you know, all the spy shit and stuff, you know, uh, you know, pretended to be like, um, uh, you know, an Italian bin man and spoke, because I can't speak Italian, or, you know, I know a couple of phrases, but, um, yeah, so it was cool just to see all those, you know, parts of the valley and that street um, at the beginning where they're in, in the bin lorry and stuff. But uh, this is a good scene. Overall, a very yeah, good scene. I love um, that little, I especially love that with the little, masks. I love that little walking up the wall for that device. Yeah, and he he, get, he gets on top, and he's like Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and yeah, Maggie Q's and the sort of flashy car and stuff. And the, overall, this this is more Mission Impossible. This sort of scene. Yeah, this reminded me more of the first Mission in the Mission Impossible when they all got it. Yeah, but to start because yeah. because everyone everyone. Uh, Maggie Q, especially, and um, John Reese Myers, and Big Rames, Ben, they all played a part. Yes, and it also harks back to the original series. Now, I'm no expert on the original series, I've only seen bits and pieces, but um, it, it was a team in the original series, as far as I'm aware, for the oh, most yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I never understood why like Maggie Q or, or even Reese Merritt never came back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just to change the team up, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, we'll get Benji Luther for the rest of them. So, yeah, I like this one. Is they finally show you how the mask is made. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I love when they put on the mask, and it's Tom Cruise wearing a mask of Philip Seymour often. Yeah. And then they're just doing some nip tucks in the under the eyes. <laughs> and they don't move. <laughs> and it, it molds it's, in. It's a trick. It, yeah, it, it, it molds into in. his face. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so well done because they don't move the camera. Uh-huh. They might tweak it to the right a little bit as he's yeah. talking to him, and it's and very the voice well thing done. as well. Although we did get the voice thing with the second um, one in um, the throat, he puts out the, yeah, the voice the actor thing. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be funny to put the wrong one in, and they end up getting <laughs> they end up getting Roger Jackson's voice from Scream yeah, or Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me think here. What else we got? Well, well, um, this is a scene where you know he becomes Philip Seymour Hoffman, and um, it's very well done. And so it is, you know, and obviously then they drag him away, and this leads up to the plane scene then, which is quite intense. With Ethan going, going yeah, to kill him. yeah, when he finally has enough, where where he is told he's pretty much threatening his girlfriend or his wife, and he knows everything about him. And he does it in a very calm, collect voice, and he pretty much is going to dump him out of the plane. Because we said, know he's, we yeah. know he's not going to do it. But it, it's so a well played scene. But also, Philip Seymour Hoffman wants this um, sort of once you know he doesn't throw him out of the plane. Um, it turns out it's actually Luther. That's um, because he's going, Ethan, don't do it, Ethan. But there's a brilliant line, brilliantly delivered by Philip Seymour Hoffman, where you know he hasn't done. He goes, he just turns around and says, he now knows his name. He goes. Ethan, and you just know that yeah, Ethan's wife's screwed now. He's gonna get her, and it's just and Tom Cruise knows that, and yeah, it's just brilliantly. It's a, it's a really clever scene. 
Um, and this leads to the bridge escape. Yes. Uh, fucking awesome. Very good action uh, scene. Yeah, this is, a, this is a good Mission Impossible action sequence. Mm-hmm. The planes and that scene where Tom Cruise gets just pummeled and behind the explosion and his body just flies against the car. Yeah. yeah. You can Very feel him taking off. Yeah, you can feel him taking a hit. He jumps a bridge and all as well. Yeah, I mean, this is where the Ethan Hunt we like, uh, you know, and all the stunts and all start kicking in a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, crossing, the, crossing the lines a little bit. Uh, yeah. What he should and what he shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 so good. I mean, you can't... It's It reminded me of the, the bridge scene in True Lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a very well choreographed with Jamie Lee and Arnie, you know, uh, James Cameron did it, did a nice job with it as well, and that was what well, 2000, with, with the, was the, 1996. The part, yeah, and the part where Tom Cruise has to, you know, where, where the bridge is now broken, it's been blown up, and he um, runs and he has to run, you know, and jump over that gap in the bridge. That actually reminded me of the scene in the blob where Kevin Dillon has to do it on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll begin to that one, that that, that, that classic. Um, but uh, yeah, so now he has to get the rabbit's foot because now he pretty much has Julie. Yes. He tells him, "You have forty-eight hours, or she dies." In, in his brilliant monotone voice, yeah. you know, and it's just, um, yeah, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, sadly passed away. You know, apparently due to addiction problems. You know, falling back off the wagon. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. very tragic. But yeah, uh, he's just superb in this. So he is. What? This was a little overkill. Mm-hmm. What's with the Hannibal Lecter face mask they put on Ethan? Um, uh, oh, you mean later on? Whenever he's at yeah. the airport? No, he's captured now. Oh, I uh, yes. Because after the, after the bridge. Oh, I uh, yes. Sorry, in IMF. Yes. Uh, and, and HQ. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why they put that mask on him. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Wasn't that a little silly? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Well, I mean, I suppose it was done for effect, but... Um, it, 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 no, it was stupid. I was laughing. Oh, come on. It was a bit stupid, but I mean, it didn't like annoy me that much. It's, it's sort of done for like effect just to make everything more sort of dramatic and, you know, these guys don't mess around. I, I did like the parts where Lawrence Fishburne, the, the camera just shows his face just leaning in, you know, and sort of threatening crews and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's... I, I, it's quite a reasonably good sort of escape scene. I well, I, no, no, the the escape works mm-hmm. because not because of the stupid mask, mm-hmm. because it gave a reason for Musgrave. This is where you still on Musgrave's yes. side, technically. Yes, I like how he re, he tells him to read his lips. Yes, yeah, and yeah, so okay. talk, look so at me gives, when I'm talking to you. Yeah, look at you. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Yeah, and then he just you know uh, says what he wants him to do. Without yes. them hearing, and he gives them a little escape weapon, and that's also set up at the start in the party, um, you know, when the engagement party, where um, Tom Cruise is like um, lip reading from these guys at the other side of the room. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, uh, Julian, all they're talking about something that went on, and Tom Cruise lip reads them. So this is then followed up later on with this scene. With the corrupt character. Oh, and that's why when he walks by in the party, he says something to them, even though he wasn't part of the conversation. Yes, they say, how did he hear that? Um, uh, he didn't hear it, he, he liberated them. Yeah, okay. Okay, I didn't catch that right right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to go to Shanghai and yep. steal the rabbit's foot. Yes. 
Um, can I just say as well, the rabbit's foot is a typical sort of J.J. Abrams McGuffin. It's it's just a plot device. Um, you don't even find out what it is. They uh, all have that in Mission Impossibles. You have the knock list, which comes back quite a few times in the Mission Impossibles, mm-hmm. but it's just a different name for it. Yeah. Um, the rabbit's foot, and then it will come back in Dead Reckoning, but it's known as something else. Mm-hmm. It's a global it's a global killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's different names. You don't really, you know, it's funny. Great thing about Mission Impossible is kind of like the what's in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. Yes. You don't. You don't care. need to know. You don't need to know. But I'm just you saying. No, we just know it's bad. But I'm just saying it's also a trope in a lot of other Abrams films. You know, and in fact, he, he he calls them a mystery box device. They're basically MacGuffins. He, he he's basically admitted it's basically where it's it's to forward the plot, and where people, the characters in a film, have to go and search for something or find some device. Um, it's basically a bullshit device. But um, well, he, all most muscles have that. Yeah, but that's a, you it's, know, it's standard. It the certainly works in the Mission Impossible films. Yeah, it works in the spy movies because you don't need to know what he needs to get. You mm-hmm. just know he needs to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the point of boring people with jargon about numbers and names? Well, and I like blah, stuff blah, blah. like that. I, 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 I mean, we do get a bit from Simon Pegg where he explains it's like basically end, it's an end of the world device. Um, and I, I like a bit of explanation, um, you know, for, you know, the reasons characters are going for something. But again, you don't always have to know. And in the Mission Impossible films, it's, it's okay too. Now, this one cheats a little bit because it's they show this massive jump he has to make to get to the top of this building. Yes. And and then he needs to jump out using a parachute. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing they show you. They don't show you what he has to do when he once he's inside. Yes, so I know that. They, yep. they kind of cheat a bit where they don't show you him going inside. Yep. I don't but know whether is, that was edited out, but it is, I, I felt cheated. I think at this point the movie's running long enough. Yeah. So and don't get me wrong, what we do get is pretty fun. I do love the swing and when he has to jump, disconnect himself, and he's on this sloped mm-hmm. roof from I don't from fucking story stories up, and he's taking them all out as he's sliding down the guardsman, and he's about to fall off the roof, and he finally gets his footing. Yes. Um, and then he cut to him jumping out of the roof, jumping out of the window with the parachute. Um, and it works. But I kind of like my. Oh, you have to do this. You have to. You have to shut the fans off. Well, it's like a very important part of the finale has been cut out. You know, so it did. Or, I mean, it didn't ruin things completely for me, but it did. Um, it, it did jar with me. Um. So we're pretty much after he gets the rabbit's foot. This is where we find out Musgrave. Is a bad dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because um, he calls. Once Ethan lets him know we have the rabbit's foot, Musgrave lets Owen Davian yes. know that we've got, we've got the rabbit's foot. Mm-hmm. And now we're at the beginning sequence of the interrogation process. Yeah. Um, it's nice because when he shoots the girl, it's nice. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, yeah, when you find out it's not her, it's the girl that let him down in the Vatican. Yes. His mm-hmm. partner, business w- partner. Wearing a mask. So, wearing a mask. Um, still, even though it's still a woman at the end of the day, and it's still pretty disturbing. I bet she was little. an evil woman. She was one of the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you can get away with it because he's a bad guy. Yeah. 
Um, this whole sequence kind of let me down. Because you had this great opening sequence where he's interrogating, you think, his fiance or wife at the time, I guess you could say now. Has had her brains blown out. And had her brains blown out. And the shock on his face still sells it. Tom's very good in it. All the acting's fine. Um, you find out Musgrave is... is uh, And Davian are playing both sides. Yes, uh, they're basically, um, he's a double agent. He's, basically he's a double agent. A yeah, snake, for, yeah. Asia and the U.S. And we, he, wait, when he gets, he, he, he's, he, they've been planted the, the brain bomb in his head. Yes. And Cruz's head. Yeah. Yeah. And he's about to die. He's got minutes. So he tells, after he, they, they, they technically escape. Mm-hmm. He tells her, kill me, mm-hmm. and then bring me back? Yes. Because yeah. he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. So she kills him, and then she's got to wait for the boost again, for the defibrillator. Yes. To clear his brain, whatever it is. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's only two ways you can do this, right? Uh-huh. You can kill the person when they go and they die, and then if you bring him back, that... Malfunctions the brain thing. Yeah, it like it like resets without the brain bomb in your head. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. wasn't he gonna do that? Wasn't he going to just use the defibrillator in her brain? Or did he find out that one of worked? He has to be dead for it to come back. You know what I mean? I got confused. Well, because yeah, um, I mean, again, it's all to do with like the plot moving forward. And uh, Tom Cruise is always going to survive this. But uh, yeah, uh, you basically my understanding of it was um uh, that one way of surviving it was to basically stop a person's heart and then resuscitate them and it would like default their system without the brain bomb in them um but it didn't work with Lindsay. but obviously it worked with cruise although it's it's sort of drawn out it's dragged out where she has to sort of resuscitate him and you think he's dead but then he comes back oh yeah you know that type of thing i don't think it matters yeah, well, yeah, either way, he's down for the count. Yeah. And this is where Lindsay starts blowing everyone away. I was like, oh, come on. Not Lindsay, Julie. Yeah. Uh, Julie, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a little silly. Yeah, now, when yeah, I say- he, he, yeah I, because basically up until this point, she had no experience in sort of fighting, being a spy or being a badass. And all of a sudden she was like female Rambo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she takes Musgrave out and all that. Yeah. Um, and this is what I was saying about a wasted death, and that is our boy Davian's. Um, the fight was nice. He beats the shit out of fucking yeah. uh, Davian, and he deserves it. But he gets run over by the truck. A, we don't get to see it. And B, I just thought it was kind of, oh, he's I, gone. I, 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 love, I do like the shot of his shoe, <laughs> um, sort of, because uh, it's just basically the shoe says it all. Where, you know, a shoe, like, flying down the street, where, yeah, he's completely, like, basically um, mangled. So he has, it's all right. Uh, it's quite good. Um, but you, I mean, I suppose it's it's better than the cliched, you know, sort of like falling off a building or something, you know, screaming or something, and or being impaled or something. It's 
uh, it, I mean, it's something similar as well, but it's all right. I mean, it's not the greatest screen death of all time. I mean, it's not a meal from Robocop, for example, you know, it could yeah. have been better. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I did like the shot of the shoe flying down the street. Well, he saves the day. Brazel thanks him. She meets the team as they go off on their honeymoon. Yep. Mm-hmm. It won't last. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Mission Impossible 3. Dylan. Dylan. Final thought. Um, it's a good action film. Um, it's uh, It does suffer from J.J. Abrams' sort of habits. Um, you know, and that if you examine it too much, there's, it's it's more sort of style over substance. But it's better than the second one, I think. Um, I would say, yeah, it is. But nowhere near as good as the first, the De Palma one. Um, I think the what really elevates this film is the two main performances by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Cruz, of course. Um, there's there's some pretty good support in there too, um, by obviously Luther Ving Rhames, um, Simon Pegg and Maggie Q, Jonathan Rhys Davies. It's 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 pre- it's pretty solid, and I do um, think it's a very good. Um, action film, you know, sort of Mission Impossible film. Um, yeah, but you know, there. If you really examine it, there's not much substance to it, but it's entertaining and likable. Yeah, it's much better. This would, like I said, would be the stepping stone of what we're about to get. The second act coming up in the four, five, six, seven are much, much better. Yeah. Um, but the first one's still the best so far. Yeah. Um, the the first one's more grounded. More of a drama mystery, yeah, um, and it's still better than these last these last two, yeah. And so we'll see what happens now. Um, I think it's Brad Bird mm-hmm. who takes over. Um, who who did animation? I think he Simpsons. Did, he wrote on, on the Simpsons. I think he did the Incredibles. Yeah, the Simpsons. So, and you'd be surprised because the next one we're about to talk about is still my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Ghost Protocol. That will be the next one. We're gonna take a little break from this and Impossibles. Um, just because we got a busy month coming up and then Halloween month and Christmas month. So we won't be tackling these till the new year. But by the time that happens, we would have the new one to be able to watch yep. again and again so we can give you an honest review. I've already seen it, but that was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So um, we will return to it. We usually do these in sync, but again, with the holiday season coming up, it's just not possible at the moment. <laughs> it's just not It's impossible. It's Mission Impossible. impossible. <laughs> Well, we would suck at it because <laughs> we we can't make the pos- impossible possible. Yeah. I, so there yeah. you go. I think that's how it works. Yeah, this is a good outing. Um, J.J. Abrams is young uh, when he when he kind of did it. Well, he wasn't yet too. He was probably in the mid-30s. And he went on to do other stuff. Super 8's really fun. The Star Treks are fun. Uh, but again, he does leave his projects pretty early. Um, so I don't know if he gets bored early or if he's a child and he throws off and he toys out of the, the pram and he doesn't work well for the studios. I don't know. Um, but at least they guided us in the right path to where the Mission Impossibles will go. A happy medium, we'll call it. Uh, merging the first one with this one. And uh, it will definitely work. Because like I said, the franchise gets better and better. Uh, that's a wrap on this one. Thank you for joining us. Uh, next up, The Blob. Uh, the 1989 version. Uh, just so I throw that in. Oh, was it 88? Yep. 88. Uh, so there you go. We'll get that one done. Uh, that's all I have for you. Um, we're going to wrap this one up. 
Listen, guys, thanks a lot for joining us. Take care of yourselves, and we'll chat soon with the blog.